We're going to begin there in verse 12. Colossians 3.12, when you have it, say, I got it. We also got to buy a new projector. This thing right here is not working right. I rebuke you. Amen. Colossians 3.12-13. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves... Okay, now stop right there. Think about that. God chose you to be his holy people. Now that right there tells me that God is a comedian. Right? Are you kidding me? Have you seen me lately? Let's keep, let me read that again. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must... Clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And says you should, if you feel like it, uh, if you're not going in the flesh, no, it says you must. Right? Verse 13, it says it again. Not if you feel like it. it says, you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. Lord, we thank you. And God, I ask that you just move in people's lives. Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of their understanding. And Lord, I ask that we would be that perfect church with perfect people tied to a perfect will. Bless them, move in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. So last week we talked about four types of people. It was very broad. We, had, we talked about people that subtract, that, that actually take away from the church. And fundamentally, we, we found that those are the people who reject leadership. The example we use was in Numbers chapter 16, verse 1 or 2. Korah, uh, Dathan, Abraham. I call those the brothers, the brothers uh, Dathan and Abraham. And another man by the name of On. They rebelled against Moses, those four of them. And they did not understand the ministry of God and how God works in individuals. And they sought equality with Moses. And as a result, uh, those were rebellion. We looked at the rebellion in number 16. And what I didn't focus on, and I want to briefly hit it this morning briefly, it says in Numbers 31 that the ground that was under them split open. And it swallowed them up alive. That word ground is the same word used in Genesis chapter 1, when God took the ground and formed man, he named the man Adam. It wasn't really what he named him. That's what he was. Adam is Hebrew for dirt, earth, ground. And so what it, it shows me is that oftentimes God will allow the ground in the church 
to swallow up rebellion. I'll leave you there. The second people we discussed was people that divide. Right? And our example there was the 10 spies. They sent out 12. Two came back with a good report, but 10 came back with a bad report. And, and, and they, they said, we're not able to go up against the people in this land, and they're too strong for us. And even though God promised us, made a promise that we would take this land, we don't believe God. Ultimately, that's what they're saying. We don't believe God, and so let's not go to that land. And people that divide, they peddle doubt. And it causes division in the church. People who divide are gossips. Remember when I said, if, if you know somebody who likes to gossip, be, be assured that when you're not with them, they're talking about you. But those people divide. Well, then the good people we, we like, and I, and, I, and I believe by faith that we have those type of people in the church. And if we don't have those type of people, or rather say, we're trying to make those type of people, but, but we will swallow up the dividers and the subtractors. People that add, they compliment the church. They're committed to the church. They have compassion for the lost. They coach people in the church by being an example. See, these people are adding. Because we'll find out today that church people are perfect. Right? They're perfect. Then the fourth group of people we had were people that multiply. So multipliers, not only do they add, but they create momentum. They, they make something out of nothing. They're not sitting around waiting for things to happen. They are the thing that happens. Multipliers are full of power. Multipliers are full of love. Multipliers, above all, are obedient to the call of God. Well, be, because I did this, I, I was reminded of something, and I, and I went back in my archives, and I want to talk about perfection. I want to talk about some perfect people. Before I do, I got a story. There was a, a pastor who was delivering a sermon when a gentleman in the back pew turned his head to one of one side like this and put his ear, put his hand to his ear and said, Louder! The preacher raised his voice somewhat and continued with his sermon, uh, which was, was kind of boring. It wasn't too interesting, and people were like, you know, yawning already. After a few minutes, the man in the back said, Louder! Preacher strained even more to continue preaching. He was still boring. But now the sermon had become quite so boring, the man said again, third time, louder. Well, at this point, a man in the front row couldn't stand any longer, and he yelled back to the man in the rear, what's the matter? Can't you hear? No, said the man in the back. He goes, well, wait a minute. I'll be right there. Okay. You'll catch up to me. See, the church, the church, Victor Outage in particular, is for perfect people. Someone looked at your name and said, you're perfect. It says there, since God chose you to be holy whom he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, let me rest there for a second before I really talk about perfect people. Mercy. We are to show mercy without wavering. Mercy, like when we rescue others from, from the flames of judgment. Um, and still we come out and we show mercy to sometimes people that are contaminated by sin. But we still show mercy. 
And that's what he's saying. Jude reminds us of that story in verse 22, 23. For the sake of time, you can go there. But, and, but we're, we're to look for those contaminated by sin and help them and show mercy. Amen? Second one that he says there is it says kindness. We have to do kindness. Romans eleven twenty two says, Consider therefore the kindness or sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. Provided that you continue in his kindness. Provided that you continue in his kindness. So we, we have to be kind. The third thing it says there in Colossians 3.12 is humility. Proverbs 15.33 says, Fear of the Lord is, is the instruction for wisdom and before honor comes humility. Humility. Because God wants to honor you, but we have to be a humble people. Proverbs 18.12 reads, Before the destruction, the heart of man is haughty or proud, but humility goes before honor. Proverbs 22.4 reads, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And then it also says, again, we're talking about us, right? Because we're, we're called to be holy. Look at your neighbor again and say, are you holy? If we're going to be, then another attribute we should have to add to what I just mentioned is gentleness. Huh? And in Philippians, Paul writes to church in chapter 4, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. In other words, just because you think you're gentle doesn't mean you're gentle. People should think you're gentle. When people think you're gentle, guess what? You're gentle. If they think you're a pain, guess what? You're a pain. It's not what you think of yourself. It's what others think of you. Well, I don't care what other people think. Well, you won't go far in ministry. Because ministry is people. See, the main reason God wants our gentleness evident is best described in 1 Peter 3.15 where it reads, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness. You don't, you don't shove the gospel and your truth down somebody's throat. You do it with gentleness and respect. In fact, if people don't want to believe in Christ and they want to worship whatever they want to worship, respect them. Okay. You have, and everybody has their right. It is everyone's right to go to hell. We can love them all the way to the gates and then open the doors. I'll see you later, home. I ain't going down there. Gentleness and respect. Amen? The third, the, 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 the fifth, sixth thing rather, is patience. Oh my God. Patience. Anybody ever pray for patience? Well, don't do it. Just, it'll come. Just don't pray for it. That means you're, you might just go, God, give me the biggest, giantest, greatest, humongous trial in the world. Because that's what patience will bring. It, well, that, that's what it takes. Patience. Amen? Colossians 1.11 reads, We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. And may you be filled with joy. Hmm? See, patience is better than pride. But finishing is better than starting. So why am I saying this? Because Colossians says that if we're going to be these holy people, this 
These are the attributes that we have to have. They say we, we maybe you must have it. It's not an option. It's a command. So I fail this to say this. Who belongs to the perfect church? Huh? Anybody belong to the perfect church? See, there's seven types of people that make up the perfect church. There are a lot of different people. And this is the perfect church. In the military, they have a fighting mechanism called the M1 Abrams tank. It can go 60 miles an hour and hit a target on a dime or on rough terrain. And it can hit a target on a dime. Boom! Great piece of equipment. Great fighting machine. Right? See, this tank resembles some people that I've met. They're like that tank. They're rude and condescending. This Abraham, no, no, again, I'm giving you seven types of people. Right? The characteristics of this person is they tend to ride over people. You know, they're just aggressive, often hostile. I'm right, you're wrong attitude. This person loves to intimidate people. The tank. Uh, they feel most comfortable in a position when others are intimidated by them. If they're not, if they don't feel that people are intimidated, they just don't feel right. But that person is a part of the perfect church. Another one is, is I call the wet blanket. The wet blanket is that person who always complains. You ever meet anybody like that? Don't look around. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Huh? You know that wet blanket? Characteristics, the, the, the impossibility thinkers. They, they, they see a problem in every solution. Uh, misery loves company. This person will drain you of your joy. It, he will or she will suck you dry. You might come in today feeling great, but if you get near the wet blanket, it'll suck all the life out of you. <laughs> you look like you're on crack. But that person is perfect for the perfect church. The third person is the one I call the multi-use user, you know, or the multitasker. You know multitasking where you do all kinds of things at one time? Huh? This person, he or she, likes to manipulate their way around. They demand a lot of time and energy, and if they don't get what they want, they put guilt trips on people, and they refuse to accept responsibility to everybody. When things go wrong, it's because you did it. The husband, who is a user, manipulator, they will say, I wouldn't have hit her if she wouldn't got me mad. No, you hit her because you're a punk. Hello, did I just say that? I did, I did. Huh? The next problem, move right along, is you have one who always blows up. He's like the atomic bomb. He's like the Moab. You guys heard of the Moab? The Moab, you never, they dropped the Moab in, in, in Afghanistan. The Moab stands for mother of all bombs. That's what it's called. And that bomb is so bad, right? If you're within, I think, a five-mile radius, that bomb will knock you out. It's a Moab. It is the largest non-nuclear bomb known to man. We dropped one in Afghanistan in the mountains. Uh, they weren't happy. Right? But see, there's, there are people who I call Moabs. Huh? The mother of all brothers. I mean, I don't know. But let me, they blow up without a notice. 
right? The characteristic of this Moab, they're explosive and unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to blow up. They're always, they always got mad and angry, mad dog, right? Life is all messed up. This person brings tension wherever they go. And then they put guilt chips on people, huh? They just blow up. When the Moab walks in, everybody says, hey, here, here comes Sister Moab. Why? Because you don't know what she is into right now. Watch out for her because she, you know, she loses it. She loses it. She's like the great white witch of the West. But see, that, that person is a part of the perfect church. Hmm? Then you have the cute one. The thumb sucker. Oh, cute. Pastor, can I talk to you? Come on. I didn't talk fast after church. They're so cute. They're so cute. Come, on, come here, thumb sucker. Come talk to me. Right? So they're always looking for pity. Whoa, Pat, look at my life. Whoa. Nobody treats me right. Pastor, they pout, full of self-pity. Huh? They want people to cater to them. Can you rub my hand? Rub my hand. Rub my back. My, oh, there you go. Thank you. Right there. Oh, yeah, you missed it. A little higher. Oh, thank you very much. Huh? Thumb sucker. They will, they will try to invite you to their party. You know, that pity party. Don't take that invitation. Huh? No. But see, those people, they're a part of the perfect church. Then you have the garbage collector. You know, they love being filled up with all kinds of trash, gossip, lies. They'll talk to me. I'll listen to anything. Just tell me. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. They're the garbage collector. They look for trouble. Give me some garbage. I work for waste management. Brother, waste management. Give me all the garbage, all your garbage. Who you want to talk about? They are the garbage collectors. Amazing people. I don't know how they got room for all this garbage. They surround themselves with negative people. They see things through the filter of personal problems. And they bring out the worst in other people. The good thing is that person is a part of the perfect church. And then you all my favorite, the space cadet. Now we all have know a space cadet or two, right? You know, Dr. Smith, lost in space. Danger, danger, Dr. Smith, if you're my age, all right? They're just space cadets. You, you, you talk to this brother or this sister, and you never know who's home. Is anybody home, right? The space cadet. They live in another world. They talk in another world. They talk a different language. They always walk to a strange beat. While you're going down, they're going up, right? They're just all, they're just never, with, they're always like kind of, man, this brother's kind of weird, right? Right? They don't respond to normal motivation. But the good thing about this person is they're a part of the perfect church. See, God chooses these type of people to make up the perfect church. Why am I saying that? Because let's, let's face it. There's a little bit of all seven in all of us. Whoa, yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome, space cadet. Brother Volcano, Mr. Moab. You know the old saying, because people say, oh, and I, I, I get a, a crack up with Christians who use, use the school. I don't want to go to the church. You know, they're all hypocrites. Hell, love somebody. But that same person will go to the, the club. 
That same person will go to the bar. That same person will go in their backyard and talk about everybody being a hypocrite. Hey, I say, if you're a hypocrite, join the rest of us. Because you're a part of the perfect church. You're a perfect candidate for the perfect church. Let's join us all, all of other hypocrites. Huh? See, I'd rather have a hypocrite here who might catch something from the Holy Spirit, who might understand something from the Word of God and change, than rather have a hypocrite living in the bar, out there smoking dope, doing chiva in my OD and die. That hypocrite's going to hell. This hypocrite might just make it to heaven. Big difference. So, so if you're looking for the perfect church, you found it. All the fellow hypocrites. You found it. You found the perfect church. Say, hallelujah, I found the perfect church. Victory Outreach is the perfect church. Huh? See, God chooses these type of people. Colossians 3.13 says this. You must. You. Now, talk to yourself. He's talking to me. You must make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive the person who offends you. Remember... The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. See, we need these type of people in the church. Why? Because they force us to operate the way God called us to operate. Could you imagine if we were really all perfect? You'd be like the, what's that, the Oxford wives? What do they call the, the wives where they're all perfect? What do they call The Stepford wives. You, you, you want a Stepford church, everyone walk around. We're perfect. Hi. I, I love you. We don't want that. We want somebody who's all messed up, snot coming out of their nose, right? No teeth because they got nothing to lose. We want all those kind of people. Because that's the perfect church. We don't want perfect Stepford. The, the, the Stepford church is somewhere else. This is the perfect church with perfect people. Perfectly messed up. Amen? See, people with mercy now. Remember I talked earlier, people with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, you know what they always do? See, they enjoy the perfect church. Why? Because to enjoy the perfect church, you never fail to make allowances for other people's faults. See, if you want to enjoy the perfect church, you have to allow people to be people. Allow them to make mistakes. Don't, don't make them walk on, on eggshells, got to be perfect for you. No, 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 no. We, are, we give room for people's faults. Because let's face it, we all have them. Every one of us. See, what helps me to make allowances for people is to recall how messed up I was when I walked in the church of Victory Outreach. I never forget how messed up I was. How I didn't get along. But you know what? For some reason, my pastor worked with me. For some reason, my pastor's wife would rebuke me. For some reason, God raised up a ministry like Victory Outreach, who was created for perfect people just like me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they would have kicked me out. They would have kicked me out of any other church. I got kicked out of the Catholic church at eight, at eight years old. The, the, the father, the priest, and the nun said, oh, you're the, you're the son of the devil. I go, your mama? I go, don't tell me that. They kicked me out of the Catholic church. Can you believe that? I do. Probably didn't. I shouldn't have been there. That was pretty crazy. They kicked me out. So I never went to church. I got taught. I came home. Hey, mom. What? They kicked me out of the church. What do you mean they kicked you out of the church? They said, don't come back. I'm the son of the devil. She was mad. She go, I'm going to go in there and stab him. She was mad. So that was, that was my church experience growing up. Right? 
So I didn't have a good ideal, a good, good, good uh, perception of church until God raised up Victor Harris. And I walked in and I go, hey, I know that dude. He's crazy. Hey, I know that dude. He's crazier than that dude. Oh, I know that chick. I'm afraid of her. I go, hey, this is a good church right here. I might be able to fit in this church. Wait a minute. See, God attracted me to people just like me. So I always go back to that. When I walked off the streets of Dakota, right? I said, wow, God. I, I really believe this. And you can believe this too. I believe God created Victor Outreach just for me. Because uh, it took this for me to find who Jesus was. It took this for me to understand what the Holy Spirit was. It took this to encourage me to get back to school and get my, my bachelor's, my master's, my doctorate. It took this for a homeboy from Dakota to come here. So I know how messed up I was. Oh, no, no. I know how perfect I was when I walked in the door. And God accepted me. So we have to accept each other. Huh? See, another way to admit that, that, that you're not so perfect is to accept other people. See, to enjoy the perfect church, you always forgive. Because listen, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. If you're in a church and there's more than two people, somebody's going to hurt your feelings. And they're not going to do it intentionally. They're just being them. And they may regret hurting your feelings, but it's too late because they got a big mouth and they don't know how to keep it shut. And you know who you are, you volcano, you. Or maybe you're a Sherman tank and you're rolling, rolling over people. Bah, 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 and you don't even know you're rolling over people until you pass. You know, you know, you know what your problem is? You don't want to shut up. Why are you talking to me like that? Because you, don't under, you only understand volcano. Huh? We're all here getting to learn each other, getting to forgive each other. See, God brings these people together because we have to learn kindness. We have to learn mercy. We have to learn patience. We have to learn forgiveness. And how do you learn it unless you have to apply it? So he brings perfect people together to make them apply it. Hello, someone. See, the perfect, to enjoy the perfect church, and this is probably the most important, I'm coming in for landing, is you have to, or you cannot take things Personally. Ooh. Especially now in the church you, you might. But as you come into leadership. You can't take things personally. Because when you get to leadership. If you take it personally you're going to be in trouble. Because let me let you in on something about leadership. Once you come to leadership. Everybody's going to talk about you. Just like you talked about them. When you become a leader. They're going to talk about you. Well, that's, that's another one. You will reap what you sow. But as soon as, as soon as you come to leadership, everybody's going to talk about you. Oh, who does she think she is? I can do. Oh, who, who does he think he is? And, right? And then you, I hope you're talking a lot about leaders. I do. Because one day I'm going to make you a leader. And then everybody's going to talk about you. And then you're going to say, Pastor, why are they talking about me? Because that's what you get. Because you were talking about everybody else. So be quiet. Hush your, shut your mouth. Hush. And eat your mush. Because you're going to reap what you sow. Hello, someone. Am I preaching or am I preaching? Huh? Because, you, know, you know what tires me? I get tired of people saying, oh, that brother, that sister, brother. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm, oh, okay, I'll talk to him. Oh, that, how come you're like that? And how come you're like that? And I feel like, well, how come you're like you? How come you're all messed up? How come you gossip? How come you lie? But I don't. I just say, oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And we all got issues, right? So we have to learn to forgive. 
We can't think, take things personal. Are you kidding me? Why? Because you belong to the perfect church. Huh? See, in ministry, you cannot take anything personally. Being easily offended will place a great stumbling block in front of your path with Jesus. You won't make it because the devil will offend you to hell. He will get, he'll offend you. He goes, and you know, I, I can imagine the devil. Hey, 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 hey. He could talk to little scrawny demons. You see that one? They get offended easy. You know what that means? Yeah, let's go offend them. And they'll send things to offend you and 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 offend you. And, you and, you and then you, no, I'm not going back to Victory Outreach. Those people, they don't, there's no love there. Those people. <laughs> and you're blaming the people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against powers and principalities. Our fight is not with people. Our fight is with spirits. But you fall victim to it over and over and over again. Huh? You got to stop. See, you have to, you cannot rather be easily uh, offended. You have to be able, a person who forgives. Huh? You have to be one that doesn't look for people's fault. Because there are some people... They have like magnifying, like, like telescopes. You know, the, you ever heard of the Hubble telescope? The Hubble telescope, a great piece of equipment. It's a big, thick, big old telescope and it's pointing to the stars and you put your eye on it. But they can see galaxies millions of miles away. Some people have a Hubble telescope on their forehead. Boom, and they're looking at people. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that one. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Hmm. And if they don't find something, they'll make it up. You got to get rid of the telescope. Huh? Stop looking for people's faults. Listen, if you look at yourself and find your faults, it'll keep you busy. You ain't got no time to look at other people's faults. Why? Because I'm the path, I'm telling you, they all got faults. Okay, get over it. We all got faults. Stop. We're on the same team. Let's go fight the devil. Let's go to these street rallies. Let's go pass out some flyers. Let's go pray for somebody. Let's lead them to the Lord. That's what we're called to do. That's what the perfect church does. Hmm? So as I'm coming in, why does God bring so many perfect people together? Three reasons. Three reasons? Yeah, maybe more. I'll start with three. He wants to make you mature. He wants you to grow. And all these perfect people... Help you grow. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. These people will help you grow if you're wives, and you stick around and you learn. You will get better and better at dealing with people. The second thing is, it, it forces us to self-evaluate. What do I mean? Because you know, some people say, well, you know, I, I get along pretty good with them. With um, volcano, they don't bother me. Even that Sherman tank or that the M1 Abraham tank, they don't bother me. Oh, but what bothers me is that wet blanket, that wet blanket. And I say that, and and this is psychology, psychology, right? Normally true. I will say it real slowly. You are most troubled by those people most like you. Ouch. I'll say it for you. Ouch. Hmm? So the one who troubles you the most 
is the one you're most like. If you're wise, you realize that. You said, now I need to self-evaluate. Because why is this sister getting under my skin? You know why she's getting under your skin? Because you see you. And you know you. And you can't lie about you. But when you don't see you, you can lie about it. But when you see you, ooh, ooh, I, that, ooh, I'm going to punch him in the nose. Boom, just like that. When you feel like that, instead of punching in, you go like this. Because you're seeing you. Ouch, again. I got to ouch again. That's two ouches. Hmm? Matthew 7, 3. The Lord is speaking. He said, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Huh. And the third one, I'm going to have my piano player come on up. The third one is this. We need to reap what we sow. Let me say that again. This is not like, oh, we should. No, no. we need to reap what we sow. Let's all say it together. We need to reap what we sow. Boom. We, we do. And, and we decide what we reap by what we sow. So either way, we win. So if somebody gets under your skin and you get mad and you want to talk about it, you want to gossip, yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. You're in the perfect church. You can do that. You go ahead. But you will reap what you sow. And you need it. Why? Because that's the only way you really begin to change. Now, when you get a little more mature and you see that, you learn to deal with them differently. And, and you imply gentleness. And you imply meekness. You imply uh, forgiveness. And what happens as you apply that, guess what? You, you reap what you sow. Huh? So later on when you blow, guess what you get? You get patience. You get gentleness. You get, you get all the stuff that you reap, what you sow. But if you're a fault finder, you better duck. Hello. Say duck. Whoa. Because incoming fire will be coming your way. So the best thing to do is don't do those things. So we need, there are great lessons to be learned through the principle of reaping what we sow. Now, if everybody was perfect, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have no opportunity to practice these things. So with the perfect church, you get to practice, and you will reap what you sow. That's how we grow. And that's what I want. I want a people who know how to deal with perfect people that come through our door. They're all messed up. They lost their wife, lost their husband, lost their kids. Maybe they just got fired. They punched their job, their, their boss in the nose. They're not working no more. They come in here. They're struggling to fight for their, their relationship. Their kids are going to muck, but we're going to help them out. Why? Because they belong in here. Those are the ones we're going to help. And if we don't get it right, how can we help them? We have to get it right for the sake of people dying and on their way to hell. We have to get it right, church. We have to get it right. That's why God brings all of us together so that we would grow. We would grow and be more like God. See, the last thing, and I'll say this, one more thing. God brings all these people together so that we would develop a dependence on him. You know, perfect people 
will make you cry out to God. Oh, yeah, they will. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. I've got to deal with that brother again. I'm talking, I'm not just making this one up. This is like a real deal. I've got to deal with that brother again. And God, I just want to punch him in the nose. God gets under my skin. That sister, she is the biggest gossip on the planet. God, oh God, help me, help me, help me, help me, God. And God, because, come here, Al, come here, come here. Let me talk with you. Come here, Al, come here. Pastor Al, come here, come here. Yeah, I know, I know them. I know what they do, Al. But that one, I died for him. I died for her. Al, that's why I came to earth. For that one who, who just, you just want to punch him in the nose. I know, I know how you feel, Al. But that's my child. And they're struggling. They're trying to make it in life. They have this habit. They can't shake it. Come here, Al. It's going to be okay. Go in the backyard and plant your grass. You'll feel better. Go move some rock around. Go build a shed. Go do something. See, dealing with perfect people gets me closer to God. Doesn't push me from Him. I just pray that you understand what I'm trying to tell you. There's a lot of people that are hurting. And I really believe we're their answer. I want every head bowed. And every head closed. Because every head is bowed. I'm talking to perfect people out here. I'm not sure where you're at. But I do know this. Life can be tough. Bills keep coming. Kids grow. Personalities change. Everything just keeps moving. And we have to keep up. I also know this. God has kept me. For 35 years... God has kept me. I've never had the backslide leave the church. God has kept me. And I don't have anything on anybody else. But I do know this. God can keep you. God will give you the victory. God will see you through. I know that. I'm so confident. So as the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, I want you to take this time to come to the altar and cry out to him. Be broken before the Lord. The altars are open.